Hello and welcome to this In The Zone podcast on biotransformation. I am Neymar Mondral's Senior Editor of Bioanalysis Zone and today I talk to Mark Savage, a biotransformation and anatomy scientist at Unilabs York, about his experience with biotransformation, including the trials, technologies and software solutions. So firstly, could you introduce yourself and explain what began your interest in drug discovery and biotransformation? Hi, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to speak today. I'll give my views on some of these questions. Uh, My name is Mark Savage. I'm a biotransformation scientist. Currently, I work for the Discovery and Metabolism Group of a company called York Bioscore Solutions. And we're a contract research organisation who provide regulated and non-regulated support for DMPK or drug metabolism-based endpoints. I guess my role within the company predominantly involves the delivery of both uh, discovery and development biotransformation and entomology studies in support of drug research programs for numerous different clients. In terms of how I first got interested in drug discovery and biotransformation, this was, well, I was first exposed to this while studying biochemistry at the University of Swansea, during which I undertook a placement year at the Pfizer Research Laboratories in Sandwich in the UK. The placement itself was within the drug metabolism department and was focused on the detection and identification of low-level circulating drugs and metabolites, which are also known as biotransformation products. And really, it's during this placement I first developed an interest in drug discovery and biotransformation. After completing my university studies, I did return to Pfizer accepting a position within the same department, the drug metabolism department. And during my time at Pfizer, I was involved in the provision of drug metabolism and disposition support for a number of now marketed pharmaceutical compounds. Now, from my perspective, during this time, I gained extensive experience of applying mass spectrometry to the fields of metabolite characterization, high-throughput in vitro DMPK assays, and also enzymology-based endpoints. Now, in 2011, Pfizer made the unfortunate decision to close their research laboratory in Sandwich. And following this decision, myself and several colleagues established a new laboratory as part of your bioinsticle solutions to provide metabolite characterization, in vitro DMPK, and bioinsticle support on a contract basis. I think all told, now I've probably been involved in the field of biotransformation scientists for almost 20 years, but I have to admit, I still find the work challenging and interesting. And thinking about this, I think the key reasons uh, for the continued interest are because the delivery of robust biotransformation data involves the constant application of problem-solving skills. Also, we get to use complex equipment and being involved in the continued development of DMPK science and understanding is something that's of interest to me as well. Great. And what are your current research focuses? So in terms of current research focuses, I mean, as a, as a contract research organisation, our key focus is always initially on the delivery of robust data in support of our clients' projects. But going back a step, you know, we have to guarantee that we're always able to deliver the best possible science for our clients. So we need to ensure we're actively involved in researching, you know, within the field of science in which we operate. I think for myself and our group, the key areas of research we're involved with are firstly investigating how we can get the best use and the best applications from our instrumentation. And this is especially true when we think about mass spectrometers and how we can get the most out of these to whether it be identify metabolites in complex samples or whether the best way to use them and work on when we work on qualitative and quantitative studies or studies that have qualitative and quantitative endpoints. We are also involved in investigating and developing novel chromatography solutions in support of biotransformation projects 
in vitro assays also and biological studies. And a small part of our research also involves evaluating and implementing software solutions to enable us to work in an efficient manner. And finally, as a research group, we are more widely involved in the development and understanding of general DMPK or drug metabolism science, thinking whether this be the investigation of specific drug metabolizing enzymes, developing the understanding of novel biotransformation pathways, or potentially developing new approaches to deliver DMPK solutions. And could you describe the technologies that you use to characterise biotransformation? Sure. I mean, I think the technique or technology that we and probably most other people predominantly rely on to characterise products of biotransformation is mass spectrometry coupled with liquid chromatography. You know, the samples that we look at are complex in nature and quite often we want to directly analyse these and to achieve this without in-depth sample preparation, it's normally necessary to introduce these samples into the mass spectrometer using liquid chromatography and this approach allows us to resolve numerous endogenous components in the sample from the peaks of interest, potentially our metabolites, and also the chromatography allows us to resolve the various drug-related components in the sample, components that we're ultimately interested in. The biotransformation products themselves are detected and characterised using mass spectrometry. This technique itself you know, has become widespread and is ideally suited to the routine identification of biotransformation products for you know, a number of reasons, I think. For example, the approach itself is very sensitive, so this allows us to work with a wide range of samples and detect metabolites or biotransformation products when they're present at very low levels. It also has a high degree of selectivity, which is important in allowing us to differentiate you know, the drug-related components or our metabolites from the endogenous material in the sample. And this high degree of selectivity is especially true when we think about using high-resolution accurate mass instruments. I think in, in addition to the points I've mentioned above about mass spectrometry, because we're able to also fragment the molecules within, within the instrument, we are able to use the approach to structurally characterise products of biotransformation. So I think whilst liquid chromatography combined with mass spectrometry is the most commonly used approach, we do employ, employ a number of additional techniques you know, in our role in identifying biotransformation products, whether it be using techniques such as photodiode array detection, radiochemical detection, or NMR. And, and further to these, we do use specific in vitro and chemical techniques to help identify metabolites. And some of these techniques can be more cumbersome to use, but they, 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 they do act in a complementary manner to mass spectrometry and can overcome or be used to overcome some of the limitations of mass spectrometry. You know, a couple of these could be the lack of a fully quantitative response without an authentic standard, which we'd obviously get if we use radiochemical detection. And also, we do see limitations with mass spectrometry with respect to performing structural elucidation. This technique's very dependent on how your molecules fragment within the instrument, and this determines how detailed structural elucidation we can perform. I think well, one of the key elements of the technology we use to characterise biotransformation pathways is the degree of resolving power they deliver. You know, as I mentioned before, the samples we work on are complex in nature, both due to the presence of numerous endogenous components and also potentially a high number of biotransformation products. Over recent years, we have seen, I think, we've seen the resolving power of the techniques we use improve significantly. A couple of examples of this would be with the introduction of UPLC or ultra or ultra-high performance liquid chromatography, high-resolution mass spectrometry 
and also mass spectrometers which have extra resolving dimensions, for example, eye mobility. And all told, I think the combination of these improvements in terms of extra resolving power have really had a big impact on the quality and robustness of the data that we're now able to deliver. Great. And Mark, could you explain some of the challenges you and your team face? Yes, we do face challenges on a continued basis. And um, I think I've categorised these into uh, you know, a few key areas. One challenge we face is being able to work in an efficient and effective manner. You know, we always strive to operate in a cost-effective manner, you know, both for ourselves and for delivery to our clients. You know, further to this point, sometimes it's, it's necessary to also deliver results within a rapid time frame to enable our clients to meet their project deadlines. So, you know, ultimately, the challenge we face is always to better work as efficiently as possible to enable us to meet this challenge. We also strive to continually deliver robust and meaningful results to our clients. As I previously mentioned as well, um, we often work with complex samples, sometimes containing drugs and metabolites at low levels. You know, this combination can make our work extremely challenging, but, you know, using the tools available to us, we still need to ensure we are able to generate, you know, the, the correct and results our clients need. And I think finally, one of the challenges we face now is working on a wide range of different chemical modalities with potentially vastly different physicochemical properties, different mass spectral properties. I mean, uh, this results in us needing to work with a high degree of flexibility to allow us to accommodate accommodate the needs of you know these individual projects or compounds. You know, and further to this, we have to be able to constantly evolve our approaches and understanding to be able to deliver on these challenging and changing projects. What are the latest biotransformation software tools that address the challenges you've just mentioned and bring forward compounds from discovery to development? So I think from my from my perspective and I've been in the field for quite a number of years, there's always been some software tools available to aid with the identification of biotransformation products. I have to admit the latest generation tools are significantly improved when we compare these to the earlier versions, both with their ability to cope with large complex data sets and also their ability to deliver potentially more detailed results for example you know perform or deliver an element of structural characterization information i guess on top of this as well some of these tools are now able to database some of the information they decipher from the results which can be used to uh, allow metabolites to be tracked through the life cycle of a compound in terms of tools and the tools themselves, quite often they can be uh, vendor specific and are designed to work you know, in an optimal manner with data generated from uh, their mass spectrometers. So just a couple of samples, we have Unify from Waters, Compound Discovery from Thermo, I think LightSight from Cyx, all designed to work with data from their specific instruments optimally. But you do come across some you know, a number of other cross-platform tools that can be of use as well. I mean, there are always tools and they do have strength their own strengths and weaknesses and they can be used I think to impact different parts of the drug discovery process. For example, I think if users are looking to detect and identify only key primary metabolites in line with early clearance assays, some tools are well suited to this. In in this particular case, these tools allow companies to deliver metabolite information on a large number of compounds in an efficient manner and also in a rapid time frame and I think arguably arguably without these tools it wouldn't be a realistic proposition to generate this data in you know in this part of the discovery process then if we go to the other end of the spectrum some tools are more suited to the interpretation of complex data sets 
and are more likely to be applied later in the drug development process where uh, rather than just looking for key major metabolites, it may be more important to perform a thorough investigation of metabolites of all the metabolites of a single compound, you know, even if these are present at lower levels. And I think in this case, these tools are able to com- process complex data sets and essentially detect all peaks present in a sample and further consolidate this information to show what metabolites are present. And again, normally it wouldn't be possible to perform such a thorough interrogation of the data on, uh, you know, without the availability of these software tools. You know, I think one final point, on some occasions, it's also necessary to use software tools to enable extraction of all metabolite information from data sets. And again, this is especially true when working with data generated from instrument sets. Incorporate additional resolution steps, for example, iron mobility. And in this case, we have three resolution dimensions being retention time, mass, and drift time. And, you know, when faced with data from data that contains multi-dimensional resolution steps, then, you know, we have to begin to rely on software tools to best extract all the relevant information associated with the metabolites present in the sample. Great. And what steps need to be taken to avoid missing a toxic metabolite? I think this is a difficult area and maybe not a trivial topic to address. So during the course of our course of our work, we, we identify many metabolites and some of which may have the potential to be formed via a reactive intermediate and, and as such they may be related to a potential toxic liability. You know, in many of these cases we may never be able to show or know whether these metabolites have the potential to be involved in adverse side effects. You know, one simple example of this could be a formation of a hydroxylated product that may have been formed via an epoxide intermediate. You know, for us, as a guiding principle, we aim to take or apply approaches that ensure we identify or have confidence that we've identified all the relevant metabolites formed for a compound, whether this be an early discovery stage where we're looking to understand the key biotransformation pathways of a compound and potentially remove groups which may contain structural concerns, or later in a drug development process, concerned with comparing metabolites formed across different species, either from in vitro and vivo studies, such that we're able to show that the products are formed in toxicological species are similar or greater abundance than in human. I think key to all of these points is the ability to robustly generate the relevant information at each stage of the project. And referring back to some of the topics I've already covered, you know, the use of relevant software tools in combination with accurate mass spectrometry and also in association with some of the complementary techniques I, I mentioned. You know, these can be used to, to help ensure the aims are met in terms of making sure we really have identified the you know, metabolites present in samples. I think on an additional note, it's, you know, it's also important to ensure that when we assign a metabolite, we do correctly assign that metabolite across the different species or samples that we're looking at. For example, to show that toxicological species or your tox species have been exposed to exactly the same chemical entity and to do this we're you know commonly we use retention time and mass but we are always looking for extra markers that enable us to track metabolites across species and you know this can be especially true for some compounds where we observe a large number of isobaric and closely eluting metabolites and you know having confidence that saying one metabolite in one species is definitely the same in another species can be difficult. So as I say, we're always looking for markers to track metabolites. And on, on some examples I've been involved with, we have used or collisional cross-section values have proved useful in providing additional confidence that you know, metabolites observed between different species are the same. And ultimately, whatever markers or the more markers
markers you can get to track metabolites between different samples and species can be only can be useful. Another area that's important to focus on is you know, the ability to generate detailed structural information on metabolites. If the granularity, or ultimately if the granularity of the structural characterization is poor, then the precise structure of a metabolite will be unknown, such that it will make it more difficult to make an assessment as to whether that metabolite may originate from a, or via a reactive pathway. One simple example of this would be a compound that involves direct glucuronidation and we may be faced with the inability to identify whether the metabolite was an acetyl or an N-glucronide, so it seems a simple thing, but in this case, the formation of an acyl-glucronide could indicate the presence of a potential reactive metabolite, whereas the formation of an N-glucronide would likely be benign. So where possible, if we're able to generate, or we're always looking to generate more detailed structural information on metabolites, which allows us or other people to make a more informed assessment of whether there may be an alert or they may be an alert to a potential reactivity. Also, I should mention or there are, in addition to the things I've discussed here, a number of additional assays and approaches which aren't always directly reliant on the detection of biotransformation products that could be used to assess potential reactivity, such as the use of trapping assays and assays that assess toxicological endpoints directly, a number of which also involve metabolic Great. And how do you think software can help minimise development risk by identifying potential development liabilities and optimising their design? I think just to reiterate the, the area software tools can make or have an impact when applied to the identification of biotransformer products can include enabling metabolite data to be generated for a large number of compounds in the early discovery setting, allowing this information to be fed back into the design process and helping to de-risk lead series at an early stage. Software tools can help with the more efficient and detailed processing of complex data sets, ultimately resulting in a generation of more robust metabolite information. I've mentioned sometimes software tools have to be used to extract you know, more information about metabolites that can't be readily accessed without their use. And I think also software tools can be used to help remove many of the trivial, trivial processes that are involved in the identification of metabolites, which then allows the biotransformation scientists to focus on deliver extra value to projects. For example, can additional techniques be used to provide further structural information on metabolites, or can the origin of the enzymes responsible for metabolite formation be identified and Getting extra information on these areas all allow for um, more informed decision-making. Great, thank you for that. What effect does the quality of the data required have on the ability to process it and get meaningful results? From my perspective, um, data quality is key when it comes to delivery of robust results. Poor data quality can have a significant detrimental impact on the ability to you know, both process data and then secondly to draw accurate and meaningful conclusions. And, you know, in the worst case scenario, poor data quality can ultimately lead to the generation of incorrect results. For example, to say a metabolite was not present in a sample when actually opposite, the opposite would be true. You know, the systems we, we use now are complex and have multiple resolution steps and it's important that we have experienced people using these such that we you know, we are able to rapidly identify when there may be a problem to, to minimise generation of any poor data. Further to this, some of the systems now available try to incorporate you know, self-check procedures to monitor their own performance in an attempt to allow 
only acquisition of high quality data. And from our perspective, we like to incorporate wherever possible appropriate positive control samples within the analysis of unknowns, in addition to regularly assessing the performance of our equipment to help ensure the generation of robust data. And, you know, one further comment on this issue, I think it's important to always understand the limitations of the systems we're using to ensure that we're able to generate robust data. If we don't know the limitations of the system, it can lead to the generation of suboptimal or misleading results. Thank you. And finally, how does software help you adapt to the increased trends of R&D outsourcing and geographically diverse pharma R&D teams? At a, a high level, the biotransformation software we use enables, enables us to you know, more efficiently process metabolite data. You know, this in turn allows us to work in a more effective or cost-effective manner, work on more compounds, and also uh, free up time for biotransformation scientists to work on additional value-added exercises that can't be directly addressed using software alone. Software can also allow us to deliver results more rapidly, which is a key drive for early research or R&D programs. They can help with this due to the ability to automate certain processes and you know, track metabolites across large data sets. I think also, you know, with, the, with the type of biotransformation studies that are now outsourced, we are in a position where we you may work on the same compounds and metabolites for a number of years, and some of the software solutions available can aid with the tracking of the metabolites through the, you know, the entire development life cycle of these drugs. In addition, we do need software now to be able to deal with the complex data sets generated by modern instrumentation, especially mass spectrometers with multiple dimensional resolution steps, for example, those which incorporate eye mobility. And, you know, wherever possible, as I mentioned, the ability of these instruments to generate extra information on metabolites, whether that be CCS or other parameters, has proved useful to us and is likely to be prove useful in the future for allowing metabolites to be accurately correlated between or in data sets generated by different companies or at different geographical sites. Great, thank you Mark. Thank you for everyone listening. You can find out more about biotransformation at www.bioanalysis-zone.com. Thanks for listening.